You are listening to the Self Image Experience Podcast, and I am your host, Chloe Rosam. Hi there. Thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I hope you are having an absolutely beautiful day wherever you are in the world and whenever you are listening to this episode. I have a super fun topic for today, which is rejection. I know, always a fun topic to get into. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because it actually came up recently for um, one of my girlfriends. And we were having a discussion about a situation that occurred in her relationship. And I will share more about the situation in a bit. But first, I just want to chat about rejection and the feeling of rejection and what that really is. And I think when most of us think about rejection, we think of being rejected by someone else. He rejected me. She rejected me. They rejected me. I was rejected by them. And I think rejection is actually a really big trigger for a lot of people because it hits that innate human desire to be accepted and to be part of the club or the tribe. And it's a desire for us because primarily speaking, we don't survive on our own. We needed to be part of a community of people, um, that tribe in order to survive like way back in the day. And obviously, we don't face that threat anymore. We are fully capable of surviving on our own. In fact, for some of us, we even prefer to do so. But the primal survival section of our brain still has those innate human desires, those primal, like that primal survival mode, um, those settings programmed in. And I think it's super important to have that knowing because when that mode becomes activated, we don't necessarily want to react in the way that our brain thinks it has to in order to survive. So when, for example, like when we're in that situation and we get rejected in modern day times, AKA now, we know we're not dying for the most part, but our brain thinks that there is a chance. And just knowing that just knowing that simple fact can even take some of the pressure off in those situations that trigger a big emotional response for us. And I think the word rejection in itself for a lot of people has a negative connotation. The word itself is actually neutral. And the situation we're using to refer the word to isn't always one that's necessarily negative either. Sometimes rejection can be a good thing. And a lot of the times it is. And a lot of the times it's also not a good thing, right? But the word itself is neutral and it doesn't necessarily mean good or bad. But when most of us think about that term, I think that we think about it in a very negative way. And it's just, we hear it and we automatically associate it with negativity. But going back to the situation with my girlfriend, I want to explain how this came up for her and kind of where her brain went. And I think this is really important because a lot of us 
experience this type of rejection, whether it's in our relationships or in our jobs, or maybe we applied to a job, or maybe it's with one of our friends, or, you know, there's so many situations on a daily basis in our regular lives where rejection does come up to some degree. And it's interesting to kind of see where your brain goes with it and the stories that come up for you if you're even aware to that point to see what's going on. And so I think by sharing this this example of a a real life situation, I think it it will help you to kind of relate to that um, and to see maybe where this is coming up for you. So basically what she experienced, as she called it, was rejection from her partner, so in her relationship. And to be frank, just to get into it, she wanted to get some physical action. She came on to him and he respectfully declined. And then her brain went into full-on drama mode. <laughs> and then the situation, you know, blew up from there and it was drawn out over the span of a couple days. And during these three days, she was what I like to call emotionally hot. You know, when you've experienced something that like really triggers you and the emotional response that you're experiencing in this situation is like hanging out for much longer than necessary. Yes, that is what I like to call being emotionally hot. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, she had a lot of thoughts about this situation and her constantly thinking these thoughts had her emotions being ignited over and over again. So instead of just experiencing that emotion, it was like coming back and back and back. And the more that you draw on that situation by the thoughts you're thinking and repeating that over, the emo- excuse me, the emotional response gets bigger and bigger. And so whatever emotion you're experiencing, in this case, maybe for her it was anger or whatever, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. There might be many of you listening who are thinking, yeah, of course she had the right to be all fired up. Her partner just rejected her request for physical action. And I too would be absolutely pissed off or, you know, fired up. And I get that. I truly do. And her emotional response to this situation was absolutely valid, right? Like she really experienced that and it was painful for her and uncomfortable and it was really, it was a real situation, right? So that's important to acknowledge. Um, but she, the thing is, she didn't want to be feeling this way. She wanted to come up with a solution. She wanted to handle the situation and she wanted to come more from a place of love and compassion and not feeling angry or rejected because conceptually she knew, and she said, you know, Like the more I think about it, the more I can see his side of things. And I can see that he wasn't trying to hurt me. He wasn't trying to, you know, turn me down or do anything. And like, you could see her mind wanting to not believe the story she was coming up with. But at the same time, she had this emotional response going on where she was really, truly feeling the things. So it's interesting when you do have a really good sense of awareness around it and you can kind of see your brain going into that emotional trigger response. And at the same time, your body's physically feeling the thing. And so you are feeling all of those really raw, heated emotions in the time. So it's it's an interesting place to kind of be in between. And some of you might not know what that's like. Maybe you still, you know, you can't even see the things conceptually when you're in that situation. You're just like all emotion and you're just feeling it. Or maybe you do experience kind of that in-between state. But what I wanted her to see, I wanted her to see was that her thoughts 
were all tangled up with the situation, which was what was causing her triggered emotional response, right? Like the situation was not good or bad. It was not right or wrong. It was not the thing that was causing her to feel the way that she was feeling. And what that, what she was making the situation mean, the thoughts she was having about the situation were what were actually causing her to feel that way. And the facts are simple. If we pull all of the facts out of that situation, they are this. She wanted sex. He declined. That's it. There's nothing more to it. And her mind in that situation, she made that mean that he rejected her. He wasn't attracted to her. There's a problem in their relationship. They don't have physical chemistry. I can't ever make a move on my spouse. And like the list goes on. And so what I wanted her to see is that none of that is the truth. Those were just the stories that she created about this situation. And that felt 100% real to her in that moment. And so, of course, because she was thinking those thoughts, her mind was already on the next level being like, I guess I have to consider a new partner. He's going to need a new partner. I better pack my bags and get the hell out because I can't ever feel like that again. And I'm laughing now. And we both, by the way, ended up laughing at this situation in the end. I'm not a terrible friend, just laughing at my friend's pain. Um, But what I asked her was, do you really love him? And of course, I already knew the answer to this, which was yes. And I also asked her if she wants to be with him, which I also knew that she was going to reply yes. So we knew that truly wasn't the problem. And so the problem was her thinking about the situation. So I pulled her out of her own stories by showing her that the facts are she requested sex and he declined. And that's it. And when her brain went off on the rejection tangent, that thinking is what produced those feelings of anger, hurt, and rejection, and whatever else that came up for her. And then because she continued to think those thoughts over and over again and continued to tell that story in her mind, she continued producing those thoughts and feelings over and over and over again. And so they got bigger and bigger. And here's the thing. This is really important to know. An emotion, a feeling only lasts about 90 seconds. That's it. And the only way to perpetuate that is by not processing the emotion and continuing to think the thoughts that are producing it. And I think it's important to note, you know, sometimes we don't have access to those thoughts. It's not like we're consciously choosing to think those immediately in that, like, right away in that situation. Sometimes those thoughts are just coming up. They're like, you know, burned in to our subconscious where we've experienced something like we can get very complex, but I want to keep it simple for the sake of this example. Um, You know, but we don't necessarily have control over those immediate thoughts that come pouring in. And yet still they are what cause the emotion. And so when we feel those emotions, they are only lasting 90 seconds if we just allow them to be there. But it is when we continue, so that second thought that comes in, we always have control over it. There's actually this beautiful thing. This is a side note. One of my mentors taught me that you might not be able to control your first thought, but you can always control your second thought. Whether you choose to latch on to that initial thought or whether you choose to acknowledge it and then decide, okay, is this true? Is this not true? Okay, so that is also a really useful thing. 
But when we are experiencing emotions that are lasting longer than that 90 seconds, we know, okay, I'm latching onto these thoughts. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you might not, that you might want to change it. However, it's just good to know, okay? A feeling only lasts 90 seconds. So if we're continuing to feel that on and off emotion, it is because we are going back, we are revisiting, and we are really attached to that thought, or we're continuing to think it, or we're continuing to think other thoughts about that situation that are also causing similar emotions, okay? Um, so, So that's it. And the other thing that we looked at, aside from that, was why her brain was offering her those thoughts to begin with. And it came down to her not wanting to feel that pain again. So feeling those big feelings in that moment was really painful for her. And our brains don't like that at all. Our brains are literally wired to seek comfort and avoid pain at all costs. So when she felt the emotional pain in that moment, her brain was like, "Uh, uh-uh, we got to get out of here. We have to do everything in our power so that we will never feel that way again. And that's a super sneaky thing that our brains do. And like, we can thank our brains for doing that for us because really they're trying to protect us and try not to feel that pain ever again. So like, thank you brain. However, that's not really the option that she wanted, right? Like when she took herself out of that emotional situation and had a look, she's like, okay, clearly that's not actually what I want. That is not a good solution here. Um, I can see kind of where my brain is going. And so she realized that it was just her brain trying to save her from feeling pain again. And that's obviously not logical. And she will feel pain whether she stays, is single, or finds a different partner right? Like there's always going to be pain, but our brains like to convince us that there's things we can do in the immediate situation that will help us never feel pain again. Right. And a lot of times those are not logical. So when we got to this point in the conversation, we were truly both giggling at the whole thing. And she felt like she had processed through everything that she was hanging on to with that situation. And she was able to release all of those emotions that she was initially feeling. And she also recognized that it was her thoughts and the stories that she was telling about the situation that were causing her emotional heat. And it was also just her brain trying to protect her. And the most beautiful thing, I think, about this work and about doing this work, this is like one situation of this, but this is a great example of how doing this work, when she, you know, finally worked through it, she felt better. And not only that, but then she also realized that her partner is having his own experience in this situation and that she wanted to show up and be supportive and loving versus emotionally hot and like secretly being that seething girlfriend that she was showing up as before. Because when you're stuck in that emotional state, when you're stuck in that emotional trigger and you're perpetuating that cycle, you're showing up in a way that matches that emotion. So like you're showing up in a way that maybe you're not speaking to them. Maybe you're being snarky. Maybe you're making rude comments, or maybe you're making comments under your breath. And really, even though that feels good and useful in the moment, it is not. It does. It literally does not serve a purpose. In fact, it continues to perpetuate that situation and make it worse. And that's exactly what it did. Um, and it kept that situation going for much longer than it needed to, right? 
So the beautiful thing about this is not only did she feel better, but then she was able to show up in a way in her relationship that was actually from a loving and compassionate place, which is, I think, the goal for most of us who are in relationships and we want them to be healthy and strong and loving and supportive. Like, and we want our partners to do the same. We have to show up as the person that we would want showing up for us. And that is the beautiful thing about doing this work is that, you know, it's not ever about the other people that need to show up and do better. It's not ever about the other people who need to show up in a different way. And, you know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, this person needs to treat me better or they should be doing this and then I'll show up like this. And listen, that's not to say that there are people who are showing up in shitty ways in relationships, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we definitely need to take more responsibility in our own relationships because when we show up and when we do better and we show up in a way where that our minds are managed and we understand our emotional lives better, when we are better, we're showing up better. And that automatically creates a more supportive and loving environment for our partners to do the same thing. And so doing this work really allowed her to show up as that partner that she would want showing up for her. And that, my friends, is a very beautiful thing. So next time you find yourself feeling rejected or hurt in a situation, what I want you to consider is having a look at your thoughts and feelings in the situation and just have a look at how what you're experiencing is causing you to show up. And is it a way that you want to show up for yourself and for your partner or for whoever it is in this situation? Or would you rather show up with love and compassion? All right, my friends, that is it for this week. I hope you enjoy this beautiful day, this beautiful week, and I will see you back here on the next one. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm grateful for you and I'm even more excited that you're showing up and ready to create a life that you've never dreamed imaginable. If you love this podcast, but you're looking for even more and you're ready to take your life to the next level, come join me in a one-on-one -on -one private coaching package that is designed just for you. This is where we apply the work to bring you from where you are now to creating a life that is literally beyond your wildest dreams. So head over to my Instagram and send me a DM to get the application process started. The only person that can change your life is you. You just have to decide. Have a beautiful week and I'm sending you all the love and positive vibes. Looking forward to hearing from you and I can't wait to see what you create in your life.